Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very Christmassy edition of the Fuji Love Podcast. I am your slightly crippled host, Mark Sadowski. Um, I want to wish everybody uh, an amazing holiday, uh, regardless of what tradition you celebrate. I hope that this season is uh, a very fun, festive, and safe holiday. And I wish you all the best, and I suggest take lots of pictures this holiday season. Um, I am coming in with a little bit of a cold. My voice is, uh, this happens every so often, so uh, it's going to be an interesting interview uh, in that I recorded the interview a couple weeks ago, and uh, where my voice was... uh, much better. So when you listen to it, my voice will magically heal itself and then go back to its uh, present state. So bear with me. But uh, this is the Fuji Love podcast made possible by Fuji Love magazine. And if you want the latest and greatest in uh, excellent articles about the Fuji X series cameras, the GFX system, and so much more, head on over to fujilove.com. And subscribe today because they make this, uh, they make awesome content and they make this show possible. And I want to say again, happy holidays and thank you for listening. Uh, and thank you for making this such an awesome experience. Uh, I've only done a handful of episodes so far this year, and everybody has been tremendous. I am very grateful for this opportunity and it's, it's been, it's been amazing. Uh, The feedback has been awesome and I would recommend everybody, if you have a chance, uh, a a great gift to us would be a five-star rating on iTunes. If you use iTunes, Uh, that always helps us in the search results and yeah, (laughs) Um, this week is an interview with a good friend of mine. He is a Fuji photographer. He's a hybrid Fuji photographer. He used to be 100%, but now he's kind of mixed it up. Uh, and just recently he has been voted as one of the top 100 reportage wedding photographers in the world. And, that is a tremendous honor, um, and it's none other than Andrew Billington. Andrew, I spoke with him years ago, and he's he's such a fun person to talk to, uh, and he's such a talented photographer. His style of photography is so joyful, so detailed, and it's very rich in color, and character and I would recommend checking him out online and follow his feeds he he does not disappoint he's uh, not only a wedding photographer but also a stage photographer uh, so you will we'll get a nice variety of photos from him so without further ado here is Andrew Billington Andrew so good to talk to you again how you doing, my friend? 
I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, all good at this end. <laughs> it's been a little while since we last talked, and um, it, it, it's mind-blowing that, that uh, three years have passed. It feels like it was just last year that uh, that we chatted. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and I just sort of, you sort of think, oh, yeah, well, it was just last year. And then you, then you remind me that it's three years ago. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, what have I been doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> so with um, j- just go kind of, we are going to kind of go uh, from beginning to end. The, the last time I spoke with Andrew was on uh, my show, The X-Line. Um, but this being Fuji, uh, Fuji Love, this being a much much bigger audience, uh, th- this is um, we're we're going to talk about some of the things. But the last time we kind of spoke, uh, let's see, you were uh, you're you're an excellent wedding photographer in the UK. Uh, you are back then. You were 100% Fujifilm. You personally inspired me to just take that dive, take that leap of faith and go 100% with Fuji because back then I was kind of half and half with Canon and you, you you kind of just encouraged me with words. Uh, And then subsequently a few weeks later um, I actually did take that leap of faith and and go 100% using my Fuji cameras. So uh, you were the, the, the older, wiser Peter Parker talking to Miles Morales (laughs) saying it's just a leap of yeah, faith I, I, yeah I'm, I'm not i'm not sure how i how comfortably i sit within that sort of yoda role but <laughs> um you know um i i just i mean it was for me it was it was that that jump to mirrorless was was a no-brainer and, yeah um and and i never I, I i always do things sort of you know two feet in so once once i'd sort of mentally decided right because I was shooting with Canon as well. Yeah. And and it, I know we discussed that. And, and one, once I sort of decided, right, no, I, I I think Fuji and mirrorless and the smaller cameras are the better way to go for my photography, I, I simply just sort of jumped straight in and said, right, I ordered two bodies, two lenses, that's it. That's how I'm going to work. Yeah. And subsequently, just every every time I went on a job after that, I was just shooting Fuji. Yep. I'm so yeah, I'm not I'm I, I like to sort of take risks that way and sort of figure it out while I'm doing it. Right. And so you know, funny you mentioned the Yoda role because uh when uh we were setting up the time to talk again for this interview, um I am now 100% Fuji. In fact, let let me play a clip of that conversation that we had. We oh, meet God. again at last. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Only a master of evil, God. Yeah. <laughs> we we were being a little cheeky. The, the, there, there was some audio feedback on that one, but uh, I think it's because of the distance between the United States and... Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shooting mirrorless? I am. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it was, it's just, I, I, I'm not a sort of, but you were sort of saying you were shooting half and half and I'm sort of, it's that sort of little safety blanket thing that I think sometimes 
prevents people from fully embracing something that's actually going to improve their photography and it's going to actually push them forward because you sort of go but yeah but i just want to use the cameras just for portraits or when it goes low light or when i you know if there's a really fast moving object and you you, you then you don't sort of say but i now shoot fuji or yes. i now shoot mirrorless and i'm gonna embrace and find a way with the system that i'm now using to do everything that I used to do before, but it just might be a different way of doing it. Exactly, and that's what it came down to. It's uh, yeah, it was just just different. Um, so all jokes aside, um, <laughs> Andrew <laughs> Billington is a wedding photographer in the UK. Uh, do you want to? You also do theater photography too, as well, right? I do, I do. I mean, my my sort of. If, we, if we're doing that sort of Star Wars and sort of origin stories and things like that, um, my background is in theatre. Um, I spent 20 years working. My working life was theatre. Um, and then sort of around about when digital first started coming in, I was going on holiday and thought, well, I'm just going to, I need a camera or something to sort of capture this. So I bought a, a very cheap sort of, you know, first run digital camera and then discovered that I really enjoyed taking photographs yeah and um started taking that into the theater and then bought I think my first sort of proper camera was a Canon 400D so which in of, the United States terms I believe that's a digital rebel yes that's right that's right yeah it was the yeah the digital rebel which was a massive camera wasn't it when it came out back in then terms, yeah <laughs> in terms of the volume the volume of people buying it you know it was just it just became the thing yes um but but i i so i started using that and was using it around the theater and sort of got i think i think people enjoy my photographs um they got seen they got used and we have a thing here called the arts council which um sponsors a lot of public theater and they then employed me to do some sort of photography around the theater around other theaters and with artists going into schools and things like that so i started sort of documenting a lot of work that way just with digital cameras and yeah. it sort of you know you, 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 I, I started sort of thinking, well, I, I, I really enjoy doing this. And it was always documentary for me. I mean, my my wedding work is very documentary and my theatre work is very documentary. So it was always about that sort of telling stories, but doing it visually. And uh, luckily it was, you know, I came in at the right time and the Arts Council, I think one of the first one of the first sort of proper jobs I got with them was to go and document some street theater in florence nice so yeah <laughs> i mean literally literally while i was still working at the theater and, and you know and sort of moonlighting as, as a photographer but you know taking it seriously um i actually got a job being flown out to florence photographing some street theater put up in a hotel paid for the gig flown back and thought this is quite an interesting thing you know i quite like this because you know it, it was it, this is quite bright and shiny and rock and roll you know obviously obviously all photography is like this clearly, it, th clearly. this is what we were we've been hiding from the public for many many oh, years oh yeah 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 we i mean just we just 
don't need to tell anybody. Right. But, you know, all professional photographers, it's a rock star lifestyle. Yeah. And yeah, then the internet absolutely. happened and it's like, thanks, yeah. internet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that has never happened since, you know, in terms of theatre work. But it was like, it was like, mm. so I started sort of looking seriously at it. And because you, you know, you're, you, because you're going into places with a camera and you're documenting stuff, um, it's the question sort of came out to me because this is people's understanding of photographers. Oh, do you do weddings? Yes. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> oh, I thought, do I do I do well? It's you know, it's a way of earning a living. But do I do weddings? And I thought my answer was always, well, if I did, if I do, and then sort of yes, but I do them like this, which was very unposed candid storytelling stuff and yeah that was quite interesting to people and, and with this being and again this was probably around the early the early aughts uh like 2000 2005 ish i'd say 2005 six seven was the sort of the, the start of my um wedding photography and professional photography life yeah yeah and this is about when people are making that transition from film to uh, digital and yeah. people now realize that they can shoot more because it's it's all a matter of memory cards and back then i, I mean the memory cards were what you know you pay two hundred dollars for a gig oh yeah i mean i mean one of the first memory cards i have was a micro drive yeah i remember do that. you remember the micro drive i think it the was the hard about, drives I, yeah yeah, it was like a little hard drive that you that you play. I think it was about two, five, six megabytes or something like that, and that was massive. Yeah, <laughs> I I actually bought a two gig micro drive, and uh, the the guy at the counter said, "This has movable parts in it. This is like a mini hard yeah. drive. Under no yeah. circumstances should you photograph a wedding with this." And then I subsequently <laughs> popped it in and photographed a wedding with it. I know, because, I mean, they were just, you know, inherently unstable. It's like carrying a hard disk in your pocket and then just, just doing an assault course. It was yes. ridiculous. But it worked. I, I, I never had yeah. to fail. And uh, knock on wood. Uh, yeah, not, no, not that I exactly. need to knock touch, on wood Yeah, on that. touch wood. Yeah, not really had a lot of um, card failures either. Yeah. So, you know. But, uh, but yeah, those were the times. And uh, that, that's when you can see the, the, the styles started to, to drift from, you know, your standard wedding photos that were on film to, you know, you can now do a lot more. And yeah. So how did everybody, I, I mean, I, I, I get the feeling everybody loved the way you, you styled your photos with, with the, I, yeah. I mean, I, th I think it was, it was a slightly, I mean, people have been doing it for years. I mean, if you think about, um, Jeff Askoff, you think about you know um, Simon Atkins, uh, you know a lot of people that had been photographing in the UK documentary weddings um, since the sort of early nineties. But I was completely unaware of that. Yes. So you, it was like you were sort of well, I'd do it this way because that's the way I'd wanted my wedding photographed when I got married in ninety three. Yep. But couldn't find anybody to do it. You know, the question of wedding photographer came up and I said, I just want somebody to turn up with a camera. I don't want to be aware of them. I just want them to tell the story of the day, capture some images that I can see later. And that'll be really cool. Yes. And, but as soon as you said wedding to somebody, they went, right, great. Because what we'll do, we'll come in, we'll do these shots and we'll do that shot. And then, you know, we'll make you go over here and we'll disappear for 30 minutes for portraits. And I was just like, I want none of that. Yeah. 
So I sort of really just shot weddings from my from how I wanted it to be done and what I what I sort of was my understanding of how I wanted to shoot a wedding because I thought people would like it. Mm-hmm. So uh, so it sort of it sort of went from there. And, yeah, you know, I, I was shooting on um, full frame cannons, you know, right right until I. Um, Decided to change across to Fuji, which I think was around about 2014. I, when you probably know better than me, it's when did the when did the X Pro One come out? I don't see. I I I don't know when, but I do measure my time now in camera models. Uh- yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because I I been through the you know the little um, X hundred and and things like which was a great little in your pocket camera, but. The first iteration was a little bit unusable. You it know, had its moments. But it, but it had, X- oh no, it was it's a fantastic camera, and you got some great stuff out of it. But you couldn't necessarily rely on it to nail the shot every time. But it and was that, the gateway that, drug. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know, uh, yeah, it really was. Here's the taste. Yeah, the, this. You know, it's it's not that expensive. You know, stick it in your pocket, walk around with it. You know, this one's sort of for free. Then, if you want to get more serious, we can hit you with the X Pro One. Yes, or the or the XT One, and that's 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 where I came in. Yeah. So whenever the, whenever the X Pro One was released, that was basically when I thought about going full time, small camera, mirrorless. And the results were great. Yeah, and that's about when I started to uh, get the 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 time the in between time of the X X one hundred and the X Pro one had just released with the the first set of primes. Um, yeah, and back then you had uh, the the thirty five millimeter, the twenty three millimeter, and you had the sixty millimeter, which the was 60, a macro. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's before the 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 cool portrait lenses. Um. Yeah, no, exactly. The sixty was, and that was that was quite. I, I remember that was quite slow to focus. Yes, it was, and it was a, it's a little bit soft. It was X one hundred like. Yeah, I liked. I mean, the 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 twenty three was great. The eighteen was great. Yes, and but yeah, and so that was the sort of, and because they were they were fantastic. I mean, that original twenty three was just an amazing lens. See, I never used the original twenty three. I jumped right into. The thirty-five millimeter, which was absolute magic for me. Yeah, I was yeah. Th- like getting some uh, regular shots, uh, not too wide, not too, uh, not too up close. It was like that perfect balance between I could do a portrait with this, but I could also do something a little further back. It's a, re- it's a, that's, it's a really good focal length, and I'm, I must admit, I tend to shoot weddings. Uh, with two bodies, just uh, two primes, just uh, just so I'll, I'll have a I'll have a a telly and a wide. Yes. But when it when it gets as soon as we've done speeches and when it gets to the evening and into the dancing, it's literally just a fifty on the front of the body, and that's I just want to get down to one body and that's it. And it's a great lens. It's a great focal length for that. Yes, that that's exactly what I do. Uh, I still carry. So so just kind of mimic what you're doing uh, during the wedding uh, and uh, during portrait time I will have usually the 16 to 55 uh, on one camera body and then I'll have the 90 millimeter 
on another just for that, uh, you know, that portrait reach and everything. Cause I love the bokeh on that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, back in the Canon days, the 135 millimeter was just that, that F2 was just that perfect. Oh, I, I loved it. I loved everything about it. And so when Fuji did it with the 90 millimeter F2, I have to have that on, uh, at least one body. And then when it gets to, uh, the reception time, I switched to the 23 millimeter weather sealed F2 and the 35 millimeter F2. So I, I'm yeah. with you. That that focal length is just magic. Yeah, it's really and I like I like to get that I like to get down to one body because again I'm just sort of wandering around and and pushing the camera into groups of people and things like this. So it's sort of. It, it, you know, I mean, I've been around during the day with two small bodies anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But it feels even less, you know, invasive and people don't seem to care. And the drunker they get, the sort of closer and more in their face I can get. And it's, and, and by the time you get into the evening, nobody cares. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 those, and those are great shots. Those, <laughs> those are, are the just, best ones. Yeah, absolutely. Just really, really enjoyable. There but, was a uh, camera in front yeah, of me? So, yep. <laughs> So, I mean, but for me, the decision to move across from Canons, I mean, I, you know, I started as I think the first few weddings I shot, I thought, you know, I have to, you know, I read about it in, in magazines, you know, because the magazines were the place to go to then. I read about it in magazines and like the professional way you shot weddings was, you know, you, you had two Canon bodies or one good Canon body and you had, you know, you had your 24 to 70, 70 to 200. Yeah. And, you know, because that, that's what that's what the pros, you know, that's how you professionally shot a wedding. And I think I did about five weddings or ten weddings with that setup. and was like, man, this is too big. This is too heavy. Mm-hmm. And so when that you know, got rid of the 70 to 200 very, very quickly, because I mean, all right. Yeah, people like the long end of it. It's beautiful on portraits, but I just stand closer. You know that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's it's. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's lovely, and it's there's no right or wrong way. It's all to do with the look that you want. And I I wasn't bothered that much by the creamy backgrounds and things. I was more interested in what was happening between the people. And I, in portraits, I was never sort of stand there and look pretty and posing people's hands and things like that. I was just like, guys, there's some great lights. Stand in it, have a chat. Yes, and so I was always working close. I was always waiting for that moment between them when there's just that little natural spark or laugh or little twinkle in somebody's eye that sets somebody else off. And those were the moments, even in portraiture, that I was interested in getting. So it was very sort of almost documentary portraiture. You know, it's like they're aware that they're there to have their photos taken, but you sort of go just talk to each other, focus on each other, lock eyes, forget about me. You just try and get everybody else away, find some beautiful light and go, go for it guys. And then I just wander around and sort of wait for moments to happen. Yeah. And I, I would have to say, you know, back, back in the day when you made your switch to Fujifilm, um, and I will always say this, uh, the two people that personally inspired me the most was one, uh, Kevin Mullins, which I think oh, yeah. inspired everybody. He he is like the ambassador. Uh, if we want to talk Yodas, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Kevin is is and has been always at the top of his game with work working with the Fuji mirrorless. He's fantastic. But 
on the other side of the coin, and I attributed this, you know, very close together is, is you, because while Kevin d- does great work and, and I love the documentary style photography, um, he really leans heavily to um, black and white, whereas yeah. you <laughs> have a lot of vibrant colors. More, more and more and more. I find as the years go on, I was like, start. It was that same sort of thing. Starting off, I was like, it's documentary. Obviously, you know, it's got to be black and white to be, you know, taken seriously as as, as a documentary photograph. And you know, we're we're all looking back to sort of Don McCullin and people like that. So it's sort of, you know, it's 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 all all that sort of gritty black and white you know it's weddings are war and it's like ah, no <laughs> actually no come on they're really fun gorgeous celebration days and and so more and more and more i find that i deliver a lot more vibrant color yes and i'm looking i'm looking for vibrant color and and, and that I is think- what inspired me the most because that i i think uh if you and i share uh, a, a common thread mm-hmm. with, with photography is the love of just the the, the explosion of color uh, without overdoing it it's still natural and it still looks like it belongs yeah I do, yeah I don't want it I don't want it to be too sort of otherworldly and saturated and things like that I must admit I, I'm I am fairly vibrant and I do I keep a check on myself and because you can get a bit sort of precept blind you can sort of, you know, as it goes on, you sort of push and push and push. And I see people whose presets they've sort of taken beyond reality. And I'm like, I try to always sort of think, no, is this actually how it looked on the day? But you just sort of amp it up maybe 5%. Yes. <laughs> but I I'd, the th- I think the thing with with color and the thing with using color, I mean, I'm still, I'm still really, really learning about, well always about photography but color's hard oh yeah color color's color's way harder than for me than than black and white black and white you can sort of can save your ass a lot of the time because it stops your eye necessarily pinging around an image yes you just go right well this is black and white i can i can burn it in i can just focus the eyes beautifully there but when you're framing something in front of you with with color in mind you've got to be a lot more aware of actually the all the more elements that are in the frame yep because you've got you've you as well as having the sort of geometry of people and leaning lines and looking for the moment you've also got color to contend with it's like well the eye is going to be drawn to red so is there any red in this frame okay right well maybe is that necessary if it's not necessary i just step you know, I'll move a little bit to the left and all oh, right, it's now out of frame. So it's such a, <laughs> it's, it's, it's sort of just, you know, it's like a level up. I was like, when I started doing more and more color documentary images and hopefully successfully, I was like, uh huh, level achieved. Yeah. And so when you made the switch to Fuji, how did the, how did Fuji's color interpretation help you with uh with, with your work was it very i, I know it's I, it's a loaded question <laughs> no 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 it's not loaded at all i mean absolutely stunning um Were, because, was it the jpegs or the raw files that oh you i was with? just about to say the other thing was um sh- shooting jpeg 
always. Yeah. For for my wedding and and actually actually I completely when I moved across I think uh, across to Fuji uh, from Canon. Canon I was shooting raw. Yeah. And then moved to Fuji and pretty quickly went. No, I'm just all JPEG. Yeah. I mean. Because the the sort of the, the in-house um, JPEG engine was just fantastic, and the images it produced were unparalleled. You know, there was no, it was just it just looked stunning straight out of camera, and just you know lightly put through Lightroom with a little tweak of sort of contrast and and a and the odd color balance. But even then, you know, the 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 auto white balancing in the Fujis was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, so no, it was JPEG all the way, and it and it absolutely started that language of color for me. What was your favorite uh, color profile? Was it Provia, um, or did you kind of bounce between different camera settings, or did you make your own? Uh, I tended to use to to shoot standard within within the Fujis, and then just had a little uh, sort of curves tweak. Yeah, in light in Lightroom in my preset that just gave it that little bit of punch. I didn't have any split tone or anything like that, but I just I stuck with the standard. But I just what they did with the JPEGs in camera was just enough. Yeah, I you know I'm going off on a little tangent here. Sure. How do you feel about the split toning that's happening in a lot of wedding photography now? <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, uh, I I I lived through um, that. That's I lived through that sort of sepia color. You know that yeah. sort of that sort of very 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 sort of washed out boho. Um, if I can be completely candid, piss stained. <laughs> Um, <laughs> photography that came out for you know it was about about a year and a half it was just the sort of uh, i don't, i don't know it was like looking at everything through a sort of amber gel and there is a move now i'm seeing a lot more heavily sort of split toned and brown tones yes and like that. it's it's a fashion it's a fashion and i'm not Personally, I've tried never to follow fashions, um, even if they are popular and will book you weddings um, in my photography, because A, I've wanted to present what I like and how I think it should look. And also, it gives you a continuity through your work. You know, when you've been shooting for over a decade, um, I'm quite happy for people to look back, you know, at, may, at, at the, the output from 10 years ago. Yes. Um, hopefully, the photography has improved greatly, and I think I would be very embarrassed um, <laughs> at some of the some of the stuff that I was very happy to let go ten years ago. Um, but I, I would hopefully the color profiles will be the same because I think the problem is particularly when you're you're in the wedding industry because you're booking gigs maybe two years ahead. Yeah. And if some if somebody books you for some something that's very fashionable now that's like, you know, dark tones and browns and earths and you know, and gothic and then suddenly if you if you do follow fashions and suddenly it goes very fine art and light and airy and pastel. Well, if you deliver that in 2 years time, isn't there going to be a sort of, you know, discrepancy? I, I, I haven't they got the right to say that this isn't what we booked. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so I think I think it is. It's entirely up to people because obviously it book it books you work, but you know, split toning, smoke bombs, 
all those tricks and and um the sort of bells and whistles that people add on to photography that isn't necessarily about photography in the long run i'm not entirely sure it helps you i i just think it's funny my uh my sister just recently went through this she uh, here in new england we had this one year or a couple of years it was very early on it was about when i was starting uh my my wedding photography business uh but there was a a lot of saturation happening in her photos mm. and um and so when she got her photos back uh, from her wedding it, it was like it was it, it made made your color explosions look like uh black and white it was <laughs> it was that much and at the time she was like oh this is great this is awesome and then uh years later she comes to me she's like I don't like my wedding photos anymore. <laughs> I'm like, it's saturated. I, if you, if you still have the files, I can, I can desaturate them yeah. a bit. I can, I can help you with that. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and it is that thing. And that is that one thing that we're doing. I mean, when we're sort of photographing a wedding, we are making photographs for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Yes. In fact, my, um, uh, I'm sorry, I, I keep bringing this to me. Uh, I, I don't mean to, um, yes, but I'm so excited no, I'll, to share I'll with you. You, it's fine. Let's go. <laughs> um, like, like I often tell my clients, uh, and I'll tie this back to Fuji in a second. Um, my my job is for you to look at these photos 30 years from now and forget that I was even there. Uh, I want you to remember your your day, how everything was going. If you remember me 30 years from now, I have failed as a photographer. Um, then I follow up. I'm like, you could remember me five years from now because I could use a referral. But 30 years yeah, from now, yes. you're more than welcome to forget about me. But just to emphasize that, I want you to remember the day. And that's what... Because um, I'm with you. I, I love... The, the 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 color grading that Fuji does on their JPEGs, and mm. you're able to get the vibrancy, or you're able to get the um, the, the 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 film styles to to do what you want it to do without compromising what is actually present during that day, um, and that's and that's what attracted me the most to the to the system, and, and they looked great too. That was yeah. that was icing on the kick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But um, you're again one of the, so the other thing that uh, I love about your photography uh, during uh, your 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 time with Fuji here um, is you have this great wide perspective that you could do that still makes you up close and personal with your subjects, but you're still getting that huge wide perspective what lenses are you using for that and the one in particular that i'm talking about is you're usually uh when the bride is kissing the groom um you're right in front of them you're seeing the audience behind clapping and uh cheering and mm -hmm. like what what are what is the gear that you're using and, and the wedding i'm particularly talking about i think is uh oh it's one of your featured weddings it's in this old rusty house uh, wedding oh, uh, I think Andrew it's a, the, and Lauren, the, the one Laura? that's at uh, the Asylum Chapel in in Peckham. I think is yeah. is, uh, is 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 the one. Um, 
which is yeah that's an incredible building because that it, it is a it is an old chapel but they've let it go to sort of they've just let it atrophy yeah so all the paint is peeling off the walls or everything is but it's a really it's uh, that the image i know that you're 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 talking about which was um on on my is it a color image you're talking yes. about yes yeah, 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 and it it does look quite sort of. It looks bright and airy and breathe. It that was probably twelve thousand eight hundred. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Yeah, because it's really dark. You would it's never so, know it. it. It's so dark in there. That's uh, that's probably twelve thousand eight hundred. Probably f three point five, and probably a sixtieth of a second, um, because it's just. But it's twenty eight. It's twenty eight mil lens. Okay, right on. So, you, so it's not. I don't. I don't. I not. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm talking in 35 mil yes. format there. So, so the food. So the sort of 18 mil Fuji lens. Yep. I think is awesome. I love that the 18 mil f2. The, one of the first lenses they brought out. I think is an awesome documentary lens. I love it. Yeah. Um. I I used to. I did for a while shoot sort of 24. Yeah. The the 24 mil equivalent. The sort of 16 mil. Uh, Fuji lens. Um, I, I just found it too wide for me. It distorted at the side, and I, and I know a lot of people love it, and it's a sort of very go-to lens. But for me, I love the, the that sort of the 18 mil, 28 mil full frame equivalent lens because it sort of it doesn't distort, but it sort of gets the world into the picture yes so so that one is yeah exactly i think i'm i'm holding my camera above my head i've got i've got the couple bang center and but you can get both sides you can get it's wide enough that you can get those sort of whole chapel in and you've got both sides of the family cheering and enjoying that moment of them coming together that's the story for me on that one yeah and, and but I I really rinsed it to get that sort of you know um, <laughs> <laughs> exposure in there. Well, your laundry work is great as well as your photography. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so you're having this tremendous success with uh, with, with your the the Fuji style. Uh, I mean, anybody who wants to take a look should go to andrewbillingtonphotography.com. Uh, yeah. to, to check out his work, uh, check out his galleries. But in particular, your wedding receptions are just unbelievably fun and explosive. It's like you are capturing like insane amount of action with just this creative use of blur and color um, that I have still yet to mimic. Uh, try as I might. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can assure you, it's not the people I photograph. It's sort of finding the right moments within that because I photo I photograph a lot of English weddings, and we can be quite a reserved nation. <laughs> yeah, you know the Brits can be quite reserved. I do tend to attract people that are a little, maybe a little bit more relaxed, a little less sort of precious about necessarily how they look all day long. I, I'm. I'm never showing portraits or group shots or details on my on my website. So I'm hoping not to attract the sort of Instagram brides that just want six shots, six killer shots from their wedding day that they can post on Instagram and get lots of likes. Yeah. I want I want people that just want 
a visual record of their day, but don't necessarily want to stop for the photography, which exactly. suits me suits me perfectly. So, I mean, I'm just sort of, I think I would say, for, for, I don't, and I, and I, I, it always amazes me how, but I sort of, I, I work always inside the wedding. Never sort of, you know, a documentary for me isn't from the outside in. It's not from the edges trying to capture moments. It's like you walk into the middle of a room and you stand in the middle, you look around and go, right, where's the story? Yes. And that's and, a great way of putting it because uh, mentally, you like the, the one thing you do kind of put yourself in uh, as a documentary photographer is the mental... Uh, exercise of you know I'm I'm the outsider looking in rather than mm-hmm. being on the inside and looking around. Uh, so yeah. that's a great yeah. way of putting yeah. it. That that helps. Uh, I mean that helps set the mindset and I mean and, and, and it shows in, in, in your photography. Um, and I, but I do I and I, but I do I I do firmly believe that because then I I I quite often tell tell couples if you know if we're chatting before and that that i i'll i'll photograph like a guest at the wedding so quite quite i'm, I'm just i'm going to dress like a guest i'm just going to sort of walk in and sort of just become part of the day and that's 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 really nice and then you know i'll i'll often say because quite i mean it happens to me probably you know nine out of ten weddings because i'm there chatting with people and photographing people are going to come up to me and go, so how do you know the bride and groom? They're like, they expect that I'm like their uncle or somebody that works with them or yeah. something like that. And I'm like, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm their wedding photographer <laughs> and that, that's it. But I, I, I seem to give off that vibe and it always amazes me that people don't seem to care that I'll just walk up to them in the middle of a story and go and join in the group while they're telling a story. Cause I'm just, pre-focused and i'm just waiting for them to get to the punchline so i can get shots of everybody enjoying themselves yeah but and and i think the thing is i'm i'm very careful in 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 when i'm when i'm culling a wedding in looking for the moments that i want to share so when i when i'm going through because i'll i'll photograph quite heavily you know if there's a moment happening i'm going to shoot around it quite a lot but i'm just looking for that moment where everybody is at the top of an emotion, you know, so if they're crying or if they're laughing or if they're hugging or whatever they're doing, it's got to be the absolute zenith of that. And that's what makes the cut. You You're know? looking for keyframes. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not, it's not a, it's not a numbers game for me. It's like, if there, if ever anybody says, and this is a good sort of, for me, this is a good uh, measure of whether they are my right, couple or not because if anybody ever says how many photos do i get first of all i think if you're interested in stuff we're probably not a great match yep. but if they say how many photos do i get i my reply is always all the good ones oh that's a good line that's the only that's the and that's the only answer they ever get how how many photos all the good ones and that's it because i just want to share those moments and and i'm you know i'm shooting the hell out of a wedding and and then, then sharing that I don't have a minimum number or maximum number I'm going to give. I'm just going to go through and go, oh, I like that. Yeah, they'll love that. They'll love that. That's great. That tells that moment. All right, that moment's told, so I don't need that photo or that photo because that's just repetition. So there's no repetition. Yes. It's just those key moments, and I'm always shooting 
in a storytelling way. So I want to shoot action and then I want to shoot reaction. Yep. So if something's happening in front of me, I'm going to go bang, 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 shoot it. And then I'm going to spin around and see how everybody's reacting to it and shoot that as well. Because that's your story. I never, I, because so, I don't have a second shooter. I never work with a second shooter. Yeah. It's only ever, only ever just me. So rather than having two people facing in different directions, getting action and reaction, it's just me. So I have to rely on spinning around. But I am, I'm amazed when I see a lot of people, you know, and I've seen people work with second shooters or, or people shooting video and there's like a team of two or three all shooting in the same direction, the same thing. And I'm like, ah, oh, there's a missed opportunity. Yes. You could really, you could really have covered that. But hey, it's however people want to work. I just, I, so it's sort of, it's, it, it's insanely sort of focused for like yesterday until I got, I shot seven and a half hours until I got a break. Cause I was very early in the morning until they sat down for the meal. I was, I was right the way through a, just solid seven and a half hours of shooting. So my brain was absolutely frazzled by the time they sat down for the meal. And I went, Oh, great. I can have an hour and a half of just recovery. Yeah. And... Cause it's the, for, for me, it's, it's the concentration level that that's, that that's the tough thing at weddings, not necessarily the physical thing, but it's actually just trying to keep that concentration level up and just trying to be aware and li- listening for stuff. It's Watching than, takes than, a lot out of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, more than seeing stuff, it's listening for stuff for me. Because if I hear something bubbling up, you know, somewhere in my per- peripheral hearing, I'm going to be moving towards it because that's obviously something exciting is happening over there and I want to shoot it. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> and so, um, so the unique thing uh, that the over time you, you've you've I mean, your style just keeps getting better and better. Your photography is just amazing. Um, but you have recently uh, tapered back with Fujifilm. Uh, what else are you using in your uh, in your gear? Oh yeah, this is this, this is the bit where we lose half the podcast. <laughs> this is the one um, where I I may lose my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I before we start this conversation, I I sort of said, look, I want to say quite honestly. Um, I was I was using the Fuji X Pro twos uh, and um, exclusively up until I think it was about two, uh, November December two thousand seventeen. Yep. And and then I I was it's again it's the UK it's low light weddings you know the winters are dark here. Yes. And I was absolutely rinsing all I could out the Fujis, and then the Sony A nine was released. Yeah. And I just, I, I picked one up, I used it. And it, for me, at that stage, it just gave me about a stop and a stop and a half of extra light that I needed in the very low light situation. So I did move principally across to shooting Sony A9s um, for most of the day, just because I, again, I would have the same, I, w- I want a continuity of the body that I'm using through the day. Yes. So, so I principally use uh, two Sony A nines. Um, it's which, it's no it's uh, purely it, a low light thing for me. Yes, exactly. And it, you know, for people who love Fuji, love Sony, it it, it is you know it, it it's a fact. Sony has 
uh, a better capability. Uh, it's uh, the you're using the full frame system. Um, it, it's able to take in more light. Uh, you know that that's yeah. just logistics. That I totally hear. Yeah, you. And, yeah, uh, exactly. It's physics. It was it, yeah. f- at that point. At that point, physics won out for me. I mean, as as dearly as I loved the feel, the size, and 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 the JPEGs out of the Fujis because nothing compares. Sony JPEGs, you know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to become a Sony ambassador now because because they, they do not compare to the Fujis in any way, shape, or form. So um, that's a great uh, that you you went into the the next question I, I was going to touch on. So you're shooting yeah. raw with Fuji. How are you able to bring that 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 uh, that natural well uh, natural in, in in quotes because it's it is all electronic, but. Yeah. That that color that you're so used to coming uh, automatically with Fuji, how are you bringing that into the Fuji uh, into the Sony system? It's work. I mean, I had to work very very hard on on developing a new preset that I was happy with, and there was a lot of experimentation because um, obviously any output from any different camera system is going to look different. Yes. Um, so you really have to sort of work with it to give it the look that you wanted and and enjoyed and to add that continuity we were talking about earlier because it was no again it was no good me, me me delivering completely different looking images to couples that had booked me prior to moving across to sony yeah so so and and i've i've it it was a it was a long hard and it was there were certain things worked certain things didn't i had you know the sony's do not work so well with tungsten light and that, you know, they get, they're a lot yellower, they're a lot more orange involved. So I've had to go deeply into the color profiles and, you know, there's a lot of uh, reduction of orange saturation and increasing of sort of yellow and orange luminance to, to get back to skin tone. Yes. Because it, it was, whereas the Fujis were great with mixed light and the auto white balance was superb now more and more i'm doing custom white balances with the sony and also having to sort of put i have a little tungsten preset that i i put over the top of my standard preset for certain rooms when it's candlelight or very tungsteny or mixed lighting so i I have to work a little bit harder with them they're not so great straight out of camera but it would but getting back the quality i just found the way i like to shoot which is available light for as much of the day as i can yeah um i i found i just pushed and bent the fujis as far as i was happy to take them and it was taking me so long to bring back images from 12,800 iso and shot very shallow on the fuji lenses to what I was happy to deliver that I thought I've got to try something else. And I think that's a good, sensible, professional decision for professional photographers to take um, around how they work. I mean, other photographers would have said, I need to start lighting stuff yeah. and stick with the Fuji. And that's a good professional thing to take the 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 bad thing is to go oh no i'm a fuji man i love fuji i'm only ever going to shoot fuji because i'm a fuji fanboy that's not sensible right i mean you you love the system because of what it can do for you and for how you use it not blindly and um i just had i was sad 
I, I must admit, I was very sad to move across because I'd loved them for years and I still use them. So what capacity do you still use the Fuji? Um, well, I pretty much dance floor. Yep. Um, when I, I, do, I do a lot of um, handheld flash on the dance floor. And I've, I've literally, in my camera bag, there is a an X-Pro2 that is set up with a 12mm Sam, Samyang lens on it that is purely set up it for dancing. Yeah. And it, and, and, and it's, it's got the, my dance settings dialed in. I have a little small handheld flash that I use with it. And then it, it comes onto the dance floor with me. Its viewefinder is cracked. It's absolutely battered. <laughs> it's what, honestly, what's it, the it flash looks that like you're it's using been kicked across the dance floor because it has several times. <laughs> <laughs> but it just keeps going and it produces great files. And, and, it, and it's, my, it's my go-to dancing camera. That's awesome. What what what, yeah. what speed light are you using with that? Uh, I'm using a Godox. Um, I think the five. Th- no, the smaller one. Is it a three thirty? A three thirty. It's in my car. It's three fifty. Three fifty. Okay. Three fifty, which is a small little little hand, and that I shoot that at about one sixty fourth. Um, the X Pro is set up at ISO two thousand thirtieth of a second with the Samyang just focus to um f it's on f10 i think at about a meter and a half which means the world's in focus when i fire my flash it's great nice and what was the samyang I, again the samyang 12 mil 12 mil okay i just had to get the right thing in amazon um yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah samyang 12 mil, which gives you a lovely 18 mil nice and wide again my dance floor stuff is it's the same as my reception stuff. I'm in the middle of the dance floor, not on the outside of it. Yes. So, so yeah, I just have to learn to dance my ass off because <laughs> you, you, that, sta- you can't just stand there and go, I'm just going to take your picture while you dance. It's like, no, I've got to dance. We're all dancing together and I'm going to shoot while we're dancing. It really is a dance. It's um, just because you're when you lock onto a, pers- a subject that you're about to photograph, you have to kind of keep movement with them. So, Absolutely. you mirroring and things like that. And then they, feel, then they feel comfortable and natural. If you're just standing there like a block of ice going, do something interesting, I'm going to take your photo, nobody's doing anything interesting. Right. But and, if you're just mirroring and everything like that, they just sort of relax down and just carry on and ignore you, which, which is great. And the, the other Fuji that I, that I use, um, and I used it uh, just a couple of weeks ago, is the X100F. I shot all of my bridal prep uh, with that at a wedding recently, bridal and groom prep, because they were at a country house for the weekend. Yep. I was turning up, um, well, I turned up the evening before just to say hi, because I was staying in the area. And then there was like a rug- the Rugby World Cup was on, and then they were getting ready, and then they weren't getting married till I think 1 or 2 o'clock. So I just turned up at 9 o'clock in the morning just with the 100F. Yeah. And just said, I'm going to watch the rugby. Just do, I'm just wandered around and covered everything with that. And again, it's such a great camera. And it, it was just sort of, it just, the focal length is just ideal for that sort of thing. And it's small and it, people don't feel threatened by it. Yes. You don't, you don't walk in looking like a wedding photographer. It's and, which, and that which, makes a huge difference. Oh, absolutely! 
you know, if I, if I if I walked in with two massive cameras and with flashes hanging off the top, with sort of you know, bounce cards out, I'm not going to be able to walk straight up to people and start taking the photographs. They're going to be like, whoa, whoa, hold on, buddy, you're just looking too you know too tooled up here. Yeah. Whereas if I look like you know, <laughs> if, I, if I bumble in looking like I don't know what the hell I'm doing, that's great for me. Yeah, it's <laughs> my my funniest moments is. Uh... Uh, I, I don't know if you you still experience this, but Uncle Bob's coming in with oh, yeah. the massive oh, yeah. cameras, the, uh, the 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 massive uh, seventy to two hundred, the massive camera yeah. body, the 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 battery grip on it, and then a big massive flash with a Gary Fong light fuse uh, light dome on it. <laughs> they, they bust oh, in. Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember this one wedding where uh, it, it was very close. Uh, there wasn't a lot of space, and he comes in with that and I, I have my two tiny little fuji bodies it's like hey how's your back <laughs> yeah i know yeah, exactly exactly but it's fine you know again yeah. i i know that there's a, there, there can be a little bit of sort of you know willy waving sometimes between photographers and some photographers will go oh i feel a little bit threatened that that somebody's got bigger gear and more gear than me and i'm like it doesn't matter it's great it's great i love it when all their friends are there with bigger cameras or but i've had somebody at a wedding with a 300 mil lens yeah the, the, a camera oh, with geez, a 300, 300 mil and i'm like we well, are you photographing this wedding from that wedding over there because <laughs> what the hell do you need that but they just want to bring all their stuff and that's fine i you want know, the boat and i'll have no problem with anybody photographing around me or doing anything it's cool i love it, it because it makes you even more invisible Mm, yeah exactly they're looking at that guy which is great and also that i think the great thing the thing with other photographers is if you're confident and you have a philosophy and a vision it shouldn't matter that there are any other photographers there because they are not looking for the photographs that you're looking for yes so you are not competition because you're looking for completely different things so they'll go off and do their thing you can carry on doing your thing and it doesn't matter and the the only time I, I I think it can become an issue, and sometimes, sadly, it's it's a gender thing where you know there's going to be a lot of mansplaining going on. To I hear from a lot of my sort of um, female photographer friends of you know, oh dear, oh, you, you sure you want to use that camera, dear, and things, and what you know what settings you're on because I could check them for you. And you're like, come on. Yeah, yeah. And then and I'm like, oh, you don't know how good she is. She's going, I wish I was as good as her. <laughs> like, but you know, but that's a cultural thing and just like they can get over that. <laughs> and then send them the YouTube video of uh, Kevin Mullins explaining P is for professional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, there is that as well. Yeah, no, cool. Whatever. But that I think the the secret around this is it's whatever works for you. You know, yeah. however, you know, however you want to, as long as the results people want and you can sell and you're happy with and you're not jeopardizing anything, that's cool. I mean, I shot for weddings for two years with the X-T1, I think at least two years for the X-T1, and that only has one card slot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to get, I get flamed to hell on the internet for saying, oh yeah, I only shoot with one card slot. Cause it's like, you're not a professional. Everybody's saying, no, how can you? It was like, because it didn't fail. 
Right. And and, and I was shooting two bodies, so I was sort of covered. If I'd lost one body, I would still have some stuff from that, you know, from that part of the day. But it never failed. Right. I think the biggest, I mean, the big, I, I, you remember back in the day, I told you about my uh, Canon 5D Mark One that had only mm. one card slot uh, and all the cameras before that, only one card slot. Yeah, yeah, always a that. revolution when the Mark II came out and we were like, two card slots? It's like, yeah, and ever since then, uh, the, the, the anger followed suit <laughs> oh yeah no absolutely absolutely and and you know that there, there, there could be a, you know there is there is a little bit of you know oh well when we were shooting film you're like, yeah that's that's fine it's it's true there's always gonna but there's always gonna be you know that sort of argument but again it's whatever works for you and whatever you're comfortable with yes. don't worry about other people's business concentrate on your own yep absolutely <laughs> <laughs> it seems only when people's businesses aren't necessarily going well do they bother about what other people are doing right <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the internet outrage is just uh, just laughable oh yeah yeah it's... yeah but but i mean and just try not to enter into it i mean i'll probably get flamed for saying some of this stuff i don't care <laughs> flame away it, it, you know what send it to uh uh, fujilovefeedback at gmail.com I'll take the brunt of it that um, would be awesome yeah yeah copy <laughs> me and that'll be it that'll be excellent we'll love it we'll 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 we'll, we'll put it in the bin together there you go <laughs> <laughs> fabulous uh, so Andrew always awesome chatting with you I could keep doing this uh, on and on um, tell the world where they could find you on the internet Fabulous. Well, you've you've mentioned uh, my website, which is andrewbillingtonphotography.com. Um, I also uh, have a wedding photography training website that people can go to, and I'm going to be refreshing that this year. But that is weddingphotographytraining.co.uk. Awesome. And that's for one-to-ones i do skype one-to-ones i do mentoring and i occasionally run workshops as well and i'm hoping to get a workshop going for 2020 nice um i've i've so far i've i've only i've stuck with the uk and crete <laughs> hello i had a lovely four days in crete that was that, that was a great workshop i bet it was um, <laughs> luck, luckily i didn't have to do it in greek but uh, i was very well looked after over there for 20 um uh Cretan wedding photographers and that was that was that was wonderful but um see rockstar lifestyle right there <laughs> yeah um, yeah absolutely and we'll, we'll happily travel anybody who wants to pay my airfare i'm coming <laughs> <laughs> amen to that brother fantastic but you can find me there or hit me up on uh facebook andrew billing andrew billington photography you'll find me on facebook always happy to answer anybody's questions that they have that come out of these podcasts you know it's for me it's not about selling stuff it's just about a, a good tide ri uh, rising all ships you know if people are interested in how i do something or in the way i do something i'd rather share that than try to sell it to you awesome great talking to you man and uh, we'll, we'll do this Thank again uh, in three more years. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do that every three years. We'll do this. This will be awesome. At some point, I'll have to come across to New England. Oh, there you go. The the moment you get your airfare, let me know. I, <laughs> I will I will make you at home here. The, the, Brilliant. Awesome. Let's do it. Perfect. Fabulous, man. 
And there you have it. Uh, going from perfect voice back to my cold voice, uh, where I am once again crippled with a sinus infection. And <laughs> But it was such a great interview. I have an awesome time talking to Andrew. And honestly, I could have gone on and on. Um, he, he's just one of those characters that you could just, it, it's like sitting down having a beer with a, with, with an old friend. He is such an amazing guy. And again, go check out his feeds, check out his photography. You will not be disappointed. And with that, I once again, thank everybody for listening. Thank everyone for being a subscriber to the Fuji Love podcast, I look forward to next year uh, bringing you know the very best in interviews and other topics. I I just can't wait. It, it's a tremendous opportunity, and I'm having a, a, such a blast, and I hope you are too. So, with that, again, check out FujiLove.com really consider subscribing if you're not a subscriber already because the articles you will find there are uh i think second to none <laughs> it's uh you'll find the best in interviews uh tips and tricks and uh so much more so go ahead check out fujilove.com and again if you can if you can't uh subscribe then consider the five star rating that's that's free and it will always help us out in, in the long run for other people to find this podcast. So with that, once again, happy holidays. I wish everybody a safe, very fun, very photogenic new year. And we will see you next time. <laughs>